Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, it's your girl Cy Brown checking in with you for LifeRemixRadio.com. You know what today is. Today is our weekly Bible study. We are studying today, what does a bunny have to do with Easter? One of my followers on Twitter just sent me, can you please ask how an Easter bunny can lay a chicken's egg? <laughs> I just think that is too doggone funny. I think that's hilarious. So that's what we're talking about. Dewan is going to be uh, co-hosting the show with me. You all know Dewan is in, in, I was going to say Philly. Oh, my goodness, Cy. Dewan is in Atlanta, and I'm up here in New York, so it's a good thing. We're going to do a good show today, talk about God and Easter and Resurrection Sunday. Before we get started with today's show, I just found this cool, you know I'm a club classics, Greenwich Village, baby. I found this hot gospel track, so I'm going to play that, and then right after that, we're going to bring Dewan in and get this Bible study started off right. It's your girl, Cy Brown, for Life Remix Radio. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Cy Brown. Uh, check out my blog, SciBrown.com, S-A-I-B-R-O-W-N-E, and also know that I am a life coach. So if you are interested in group coaching, uh, just hit me up. You know, I'm here. I'm here every day at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. It's your girl, Sci Brown, for LifeRemixRadio.com. <laughs>
I had to stop that because we were playing that song all day. I love that song. That, you know, it's just one of those cars. One of those cars. I'm bugging. That's what I get for taking the day off yesterday. It's just one of those songs when you're in your car and you really have to stop and wonder and think back to how blessed we really, really are. I put out on um, Facebook the other day. If you're, you know, I'm tired of people complaining about their job, and I and I understand to a certain degree that a lot of people are being overworked right now because of layoffs and furloughs and all of this and they're and they're they're being worked a little bit harder than they, they were in the past. But you know what? If 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 you're really not that happy, send me an email and I've got a few thousand people on my list that will probably jump at the opportunity to do what you do. Um that song just says I'm blessed and, and because of his grace and because of his mercy, I'm blessed. And we really have to look at that because I think sometimes we forget that uh, it can be so much worse. I just found out last night that this young lady, she's uh, a little older than me, she's 38, was in a bad car accident, and she can no longer walk again, and she's got five children. Can you imagine? Let's, let's just for a moment, at 38 years old, very unsuspecting, and you're in a car accident and and can no longer walk, the doctor walks in and says, I can't walk anymore. And I think when we look at that, we have to be really, really mindful that we wonder how blessed we are that we're blessed. So I, I just had to play that song so that it can serve as a reminder that we're blessed, as they say in church, coming and going. And as we go into this Easter season, you know, um, Sunday being Palm Sunday and Passover and Good Friday, we have to really, really, really be mindful and be grateful and appreciative for all of the things that we do have because in the blink of an eye, it can be, it, it, it can be taken away. Um, I'm getting ready to bring Dewan in on the line, but I just want to share one more thing with you before we get our Bible study started for today, which is going to be a very, very good one. Um, this past Monday, actually, I was sitting on my computer really early in the morning, and I, basketball, for, for whatever reason, basketball just came into my brain. So I said, wow, maybe I should take my kids to a basketball game. Now, as all of my listeners know, for those of you that may not know, my children are teenagers. I mean, really, really teenagers. One is 19 and one is 15. So when they get to that point, you pretty much have to bribe them <laughs> to do anything. And my oldest son doesn't live with us. He lives not too far away. And so I called him. Well, he's, you know, in school and working and with my help of my grandmother. So um, I called him and I said, hey, you want to go with us to a basketball game tonight? Now, normally he would have been like, ah, I don't know. He's like, yeah, you know, I'll go. Well, this is why I always say make your contacts count. One of my contacts was able to get us floor seats at the New Jersey Nets game. And when, you know, I took the pictures and I put them up on my blog because, I mean, we had floor seats. The refs and the players were literally right in front of us. And when you have floor seats, there's this little private back room where you can have um, this open bar and food. I mean, it was just great, and my kids absolutely loved it. The point is when I put it out on my blog, everyone was saying, oh, yeah, this is good. Uh, Sai, I know you had a good time at the bar. And I said it wasn't even about that. First of all, my husband and I don't drink hard alcohol anyway. We did have wine. But the point is I got more fun. I, I, I enjoyed myself more watching my two boys watching the game. So I spent more time 
watching them than literally watching the game because I was just in awe and amazement at how quickly they grow and how quickly they develop. And it's like, wow, they, they're, they're getting big. So I absolutely had much more fun um, watching my children. And the beauty, one more really cool thing is that it was the eve of my 15-year wedding anniversary. We've been together for 20 years, but um, we've been that was the eve before we are uh, we got married 15 years ago. So it was just a pretty pretty special night, a really really great night. And I, I, we just have to always remember in all things how blessed we are, how they stay coming, and 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 how blessed we are going. I just got hit up in the chat room. Oh, big shout-out to the revivalist who is listening. Thank you so much for listening, my darling. Uh, It says, join me and Minister Jeremiah Israel on Saturday as we discuss issues about unholy music, such as hip-hop, unscriptural gospel music. Wow, that that should be pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Can you send me the link so I can let all my listeners know how we can hear that show? Idolatry and false doctrine. Whoa. Okay. Uh, send me the link, uh, revivalist, so I can put it in the chat room. Uh, it's it's been discussing unholy music. What time is this? Is this a radio show or is it a church? Minister Israel is an ex-Muslim. Yeah. Let me know. Put, let me know so I can post it up in the chat room right now. Actually. Yeah, I'm waiting for her to put that information in the chat room so that way we can that way we can see it and I can share it. And as I'm as I'm waiting for that, I just want to let you know today we're talking about Easter. Let's just segue into today's show. One of my big I remember uh, at one point I got into not an argument, but uh kind of a heated conversation with my grandmother because I did not buy my children Easter clothes. And and I remember telling, you know, she got angry with me. Why don't you buy your children Easter clothes? And I said, I don't understand the point of Easter. I just didn't get it. Now, I know I had Easter clothes when I was growing up, as did most people in the black community. We knew we were getting a new dress. We knew we were getting white bobby socks. We knew we were getting, um, you know, a patent leather purse. We knew we were getting an Easter hat, an Easter bonnet, however you want to call it. Um, but I didn't subscribe to that for my children. My husband and I just didn't think it made sense. I know for me it didn't make sense at all. Like what's? I just didn't get why the calendar, because of a day on the calendar, mandated that I had to go out and spend money that I may or may not have for new clothes for my children. It didn't make sense to me. So my grandmother complained, "Eh, you don't get your kids Easter clothes. I said, no, Grandma, I don't. So um, my children, like maybe a year or two later, my children, my older son came to me. He was about 10 years old, and my younger son was about six. And they asked, you know, Mom, why don't we get Easter clothes? You know, they kind of stormed in there and not stormed, maybe that word is kind of harsh, but kind of marched into the kitchen. And they wanted to know, why don't we get Easter clothes? And and I'm sure that's a, 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 a solid question for any child who doesn't get Easter clothes and you live amongst many people who do. And I told them, I'll never forget, I said, well, Mommy and Daddy don't buy you Easter clothes because you don't need new clothes right now. And I remember my uncle had just had a brand-new baby, and I said to him, well, if 
you guys want Easter clothes, I'll take you to the mall and get you Easter clothes, and you get to walk around with new clothes. And Or we can go on a big airplane and see Uncle Leland's new baby. Now, you two go in your room and work it out, and you come back and let me know what you decide. So, you know, the two of them went in. Miles was really little at the time, and they went in their bedroom, and they came out, and they and, and they Kwan says to me, Mom, we decided what we want to do. I'm like, all right, let me know. And he's like, we don't want Easter clothes. We want to go on the airplane, on the big airplane, to see Uncle Leland's new baby. And I and I share with you very candidly that I would have been so totally willing to forego that trip because, you know, Easter usually happens around spring break, and I was taking them to Cali for spring break that year. And I would have stayed here and bought them clothes so they under, so they would have been able to understand their decision. But it was at that defining moment that I empowered my children to better understand what is the purpose of Easter and what do new clothes have to do with it. And now my oldest son is 19, and he still jokes that he's never had Easter clothes and, quite frankly, doesn't even miss it. So I'm, I'm happy my little experiment worked because it could have backfired. But I think it was just a very profound moment at that time to really make them understand at an age, just because the calendar says one thing, it does not dictate what happens in our life. On that note, I don't want us to, to, to run short on time. I'm going to bring Dewan into the conversation. We're going to speed up the niceties as we usually, you know, kind of, hey, how you doing, how's the weather, and jump right into this Bible study. D, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Uh, trying to navigate this traffic. You still didn't make it there yet? Nope. <laughs> That's traffic in the ATL for you. I've got Celeste, uh, who's moving, who's curvy queen in the chat room. She's listening in. Um, I see her number on the switchboard. Girl, this is what you're moving to. <laughs> so she's moving to Atlanta, and because of the show and, and for other reasons, you have a lot of people in Atlanta waiting for your arrival. But, D, on that note, let's jump right into, um, I mean, I'm sure you just kind of heard me share a little bit how my children have never had Easter clothes, and quite frankly, I'm happy I did not um, encourage it. But, but let's talk about Easter uh, and, and, and what it really means. And I had one of my listeners, one of my followers on Facebook ask me, how in the world can an Easter bunny lay a chicken egg? So I guess take it from there. Well, um what I would hope, hopefully, first and foremost, I want to thank you once again for letting me be on the show, um, getting a chance to have a Bible study with you and your audience is a really great um, experience uh, for all parties involved. And um, Yeah, I didn't properly what, introduce you. That wasn't right. <laughs> oh, no, we already got all that. Um, they could just Google me. We just keep it moving. I'm sorry about that. No, that was that was a slight on my part. I should have properly introduced you, everybody. This is for those who may not, for this may be their first time listening. You know, we have our regulars. Um, Dewan Colion lives in Atlanta, and he has a blog, EcclesiaATL.blogspot.com, and I'll put that in the chat room. It's E K K L E S I A. ATL.blogspot.com. He is just a studier and follower of God and always, based on the premise of the show, rethinking everything we know to live our best life, uh, comes with positioning God in a way that we're, we're kind of left scratching our head every Thursday like, Dag, I never thought of it like that. So he's the bomb. On your mark, get set, go. <laughs> well, what we're going to attempt to do um 
what we do on this show, as you stated, is life remix. And what we're going to do is really rethink the whole idea of Easter as it pertains to Christians or the church, um, the congregational gathering of people, and put it in context with this whole entire holiday season because you have Passover going on, you have Easter going on, and then now, I guess because of persecution or feeling uh, uneasy or don't want to seem too worldly or secular or pagan, now churches are redefining the holiday as Resurrection Sunday. Mm-hmm. So what I would like to really do is to really delve into the topic to find out what are we actually supposed to do during this season, biblically, as, as far as doctrinally, what's acceptable and what's unacceptable. And I don't want to necessarily get too deep into the details and the, and the nuances and the in, intricacies of Passover because there's a whole lot going on with that uh, mm-hmm. holiday feast in itself that it could take up its whole show. But it is something that I have to compare and contrast so you can get an understanding of what this is, uh, the holiday season. Um, I guess to answer some of the questions that may have been in the chat room or initially as far as what is an egg or a rabbit or getting new clothes have to do with Christ, first of all, we got to go back and look at the history of what exactly is Easter. If you go do a, a etymology word study and look at the origin of the word, where it comes from, it goes all the way back from the beginning to, you know, mother son or son worship, uh, it, 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 it derives from the story of Samaritus and Nimrod and, and you know, that uh, relationship, you know, Nimrod was the one that, you know, led the world and built the Tower of Babel and he died. Um, Shem, one of Noah's sons, rose up and uh, killed Nimrod and to make a long story short, you know, Nimrod you know, had people worshiping the sun and himself, and, you know, pagan worship was all out in the open at that time. Now, when Noah's son, Shem, rose up and killed Nimrod, you know, he had had his body broken up into uh, pieces and spread all over, you know, various parts of the, uh, the city to discourage people from having no other gods before me, which was the number one commandment to get people to turn from idolatry. So all those, the mystery religions after Nimrod got killed went underground. That's why you always have, you know, you've always had these, you know, different type of religions or occultic activities, whether it's Masonic or whatever. All these type of things have always went underground, and they had all these different rites of passage, different levels of initiation, because they didn't want to be found out, you know, what they were doing because at the time, you know, it was prohibited. Mm-hmm. So the whole story of Nimrod and Samaritus, and then he had a son, uh, Tammuz, and basically, you know, she, Samaritus, after Nimrod had passed, she kind of deified herself, made herself into a goddess, and that's where you get the whole idea of the rabbit because it symbolizes fertility and you get the egg, another symbol of fertility. And the whole Easter uh, program is basically built around uh, a pagan celebration of, of fertility or the, or the rebirth of Nimrod because what happened was historically once, you know, when 
Nimrod died and was killed, they didn't have kids. But, you know, Samaritus eventually had a child, a son, you know, through other means outside of that marriage. And she basically told everybody, well, this is Nimrod reborn. He's come back. You know, it was basically uh, a copy of the Virgin Mary type of birth situation. So people believed it, and they started worshiping that. And in 325 A.D., um, the Council of Nicaea, they basically decided to declare Easter based on a a date, a a calendar date was around um, the 21st of April, all based around the spring equinox, because that was when they had determined to do this. Now, the whole idea of, and, and that's basically where Easter comes from. Now, how it got intertwined with church is, you know, even in America, they didn't even, the early settlers and the pilgrims and the Protestant congregations, they didn't even start celebrating the whole idea of Easter until after the Civil War. Up until before the Civil War, they didn't consider it to be an actual um, legitimate holiday, biblically, because they knew the origins. They knew the pagan origins of the holiday, so they didn't celebrate it. But just like they did back in 325 A.D., the church... um, made moves to expand its influence among non-believers by incorporating um, pagan ideas and, and, and holidays or, or rituals into, quote-unquote, uh, traditional church beliefs in order to win more people. They, they started to compromise, you know, the gospel message in order to accommodate more people, in order to expand, in order to grow. Now... When you compare and contrast that with Passover, Passover has traditionally been a Jewish um, feast, holiday, one of the seven feasts that they have, one of the seven feasts that God always ordained for his people to celebrate, whether you was a Jew or not. Even in the New Testament, it was optional if you wanted to celebrate the holidays you could, if you know, if you wanted to partake in them. But basically, Passover was enacted um when the children of Israel were in bondage and, the, you know, the night before the death angel came, um, you know, God had told Moses to take a, a lamb and have the priest, you know, sacrifice the lamb and take the blood and people were to apply that blood over the doors so that the death angel would pass them over. And then they had, you know, they had to eat a particular meal uh, it was very detailed of the uh, details of the meal. But to make the long story short, on Passover, basically Passover, even though the Jewish people don't really acknowledge it to this day because they don't see it as such, the Passover is a foreshadow or a type of Christ. It shows what Christ was going to do on the cross because he was the Lamb of God. He was the one. His blood. He was sacrificed on the cross. His blood was used to redeem all people. You know, Jews and Gentiles back to him. So the whole point uh, of Passover was basically to show Christ coming exactly what he was going to do. And when you study the seven feasts of the Jews, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, tabernacles or when they do Yom Kippur, all of these feasts Christ fulfilled in some type of way during his, his ministry on earth. So how does that all compare to 2009 and going to church and Resurrection Sunday. 
that that's where I really want to get at. Um, not to cut you off, but I didn't even understand how you talked about the rabbit and the Easter egg equals fertility, but it does make sense. And the whole process of the rebirth of Nimrod, and actually I never knew that until right now because every time I've gone to church on Sunday for Easter Sunday or this Easter or resurrection season, it's always been more on reliving the crucifixion, drinking the wine, and that's it. I really don't even know. So I'm really interested to see how all of this ties into the church and Easter. Okay, now let's – I'm really summing these complicated things up really fast, but when you look at it, I think what's really – it's not ironic and it's not a coincidence, but to understand Passover and the resurrection, quote-unquote, of Christ on Sunday, or better yet, which I will show, really is Saturday, you got to look Saturday. at – Saturday? Yeah. What okay. you got to look at is the time frames, you know, when the Roman Catholic Church decided to determine when the you know spring equinox was and when Easter is, they didn't really take an account of Passover because they didn't want to because they wanted to have people follow a Gregorian calendar as far as time. You know, when you look at God, God's days, if you go back to Genesis, his days start at night. It goes from night to day, whereas we go from day tonight, which is wrong, which is opposite. Just like Jews, they read from Hebrews, they read from right to left. We reread from left to right. A lot of the things we do is opposite of the way of the patterns of God, which God doesn't change. So when you, when people say Resurrection Sunday and they're trying to celebrate the the, best, the, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, you got to understand what was the context of this event. And what the beautiful thing is, the Jewish calendar, they have they have this detail all the way back because God said on the, the 15th of Nisan, which is falls on our, that month is a, our April, but on a Hebrew calendar they call it Nisan from the, a Babylonian, that's the Babylonian name, or you might hear a, a Heb, A-H-I-B, will be, that's their first month of the year. And then... It says in the book of Leviticus, I have to pull up the actual scripture, but it God told them on the 15th of the month, of the, based on the new moon of that month, every year this is when you celebrate, you know, the eight-day Passover feast. And the difference between our calendar, the Gregorian calendar, and the Hebrew calendar, the Hebrew calendar is based on the moon and the full moon cycle, the lunar moon cycle, which doesn't, change. It's the same every year. I mean, every you know, every month the moon goes from its phases from full to half to crescent, and that's how they base their months. And they may have 12 months in a year. They may have 13 months in a year. They may have 29, 30, 31 days in a month based on the moon. So it doesn't change. So they can really keep detailed records of everything. So the Easter season to God is really not a season in context as far as with uh, how we look at seasons as far as summer, spring, fall, and winter, but God looks at appointed times. So the appointed time is based on the moon's uh, cycle through the month. And the beautiful thing about when Christ went to Jerusalem, the reason why he was in Jerusalem at that time of before he got crucified during that week, it was Passover week. That's why he was in the room with the disciples and, you know, they were getting ready 
you know, break bread and have Passover. I mean, if you think about the story, if you go um, look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and look at the crucifixion story, it's very detailed that these events of the crucifixion of Christ took place during Passover week at the first of the month on the 15th, which is very detailed. I mean, it's plenty of facts. I mean, you could look, you know, they have it very detailed. This is when this, this went on. So you put it into context. The beautiful thing about this is when we look at this week, this year, the quote-unquote Passover Easter season, it falls on the same days as it did in Jesus' day as far as when the night before, because when Jesus was, you, if you go back and, and look at the story, Jesus was having a Passover dinner on which would be our Wednesday. So that was now that you got to that would be this coming up Wednesday. But isn't doesn't that coincide with Passover? Right, because Passover starts on the eighth of April. Right. This year. So when you look at the sequence of events. Because, you know, people always say, but you got to understand, the, the number one sign to understand when did Jesus die, when did he uh, raise from the dead, so you can know exactly what day it was, he said yeah. the sign of of this would be just like Jonah. Jonah was in, you know, in the belly of a well for three days and three nights. And Christ said that's going to be the sign of who he is. He's, so you have to be able to look at a calendar and look at a sequence of events and determine What's three days and three nights? Now, clearly, if we look at a Gregorian calendar, our calendar, and we follow what the Catholic Church says, Jesus was crucified on Friday, Good Friday, and raised from the dead on Sunday, that doesn't add up. The time frame doesn't add. That's not three days. Right. That's not three days and three nights. Good. Okay. I'm happy we're, we're moving into the meat of this because I never got that. And with all due respect, when I started questioning people, that's when I was just it was I, if they retorted back, you just have to believe. Yeah, and, but no, but it has nothing to do with belief. I mean, you got to understand patterns of God. I mean, He doesn't go by the pagan patterns. He set up how He how you should follow time. He said in the beginning, He created, you know, the heavens and the earth. He went from night to light, and that was a day. And that's how the Hebrew people keep a day. So. When we start our day at 12 o'clock midnight, that's not how God looks at time. So if you're trying to figure out three days and three nights based on our calendar, you're going to be wrong every time because he doesn't start time at 12 o'clock midnight. He starts time at 6 o'clock in the evening from 6 o'clock to the following evening. So today is Thursday. Friday, according to God, actually starts at 6 o'clock this evening. It's Friday. It's, It's the night. The day starts, quote, unquote, it goes from night to day. So when you do a night-to-day analysis from Friday to Sunday, there's no way you can get three days. Even if you use our calendar, that's not three days and three nights. And clearly, he wouldn't be Christ. You couldn't follow him. He couldn't save you if he didn't fulfill every sign, which he said, you want to know if this is me, three days and three nights. So you have to go back and look at the Jewish calendar of the time period, which is how the days shake out, and they shake out the same way they do actually this year by no coincidence. So when you look at the series of events, Christ met with his disciples, they broke bread, they had Passover dinner that Wednesday. Now, Thursday actually started at 6 o'clock that evening. So, 
as Thursday starts, he, they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays. Judas comes and betrays him. They come and get him. They arrest him. And the next morning, which is, you know, still Thursday, he's before, you know, Herod and Pilate and the Pharisees and the council, and they're accusing him of this, that, and the other. Now, it's very well documented what time that he was crucified. He was crucified at 3 o'clock that Thursday. Now, when you look in the Bible and you look at the sequence of events, what do they say? They say he cannot stay up there on the cross because, you know, we got the holiday, the high holiday coming up, and we can't have him on the cross because it's going to defile ourselves because immediately after the Passover is an eight-day ceremony, and the, once it starts, the next day after Passover is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Mm-hmm. So there's no way he could still be on the cross. That's why they said, hey, you, we, can we have permission to break the legs of everybody that's up there being crucified? Because they got to be down off the cross by 6 o'clock because at 6 o'clock it starts a new day. It starts Thursday. Even though on our calendar we still think it would be Wednesday, Thursday starts at 6. So you got to look at your time frame in that manner. So that's when the Roman soldier pierced Christ in the side and the blood and the water come up, came out, and he they was like, well, he's already dead. So then Joseph of Arimathea came and said, can I have the body and put it in a tomb, you know, and, you know, the Pilate, the Romans, they granted him the request, and the tomb was right nearby where they crucified him, and they put him in the tomb. So therefore... He was in the tomb by 6 o'clock starting Thursday, which started at 6 o'clock, which starts a night. It goes from night to day, so that's one night. So if you, if, you, if you carry that process out, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, that's three nights and three days. Now, the, the million-dollar question is, people say, oh, it's Resurrection Sunday. He rose from the dead when they came, but you've got to look at the time frame. Christ wouldn't violate his own sign. He said three days and three nights. If you go all the way to Saturday, 6 o'clock Saturday would start Sunday. That would be another night. That would be a fourth night. So there's no way he would still be in the tomb past 6 o'clock on our Saturday because that would start Sunday on God's calendar. And then when you look at the story, it says he had already arose by the time Mary came to the tomb to try to anoint the body because he wasn't there. He said they came early before the dawn, which would have been um, on our Sunday. So when you look at it from our perspective, they got there early, quote-unquote, Sunday morning. But you got to understand that that would have been past the three-day, three-night promise that God already said. So what day was he really crucified on? Wednesday, afternoon, 3 o'clock. They even have paperwork in Rome um, that's that states that, you know, Pilate had crucified person X, which they identified at Christ at a certain particular time on that particular Wednesday. And then you have to look at the holiday of Passover and how the days flow, and you got to understand why Mary and, and and Peter and all them didn't come to the tomb on Saturday because Saturday was a regular Saturday Sabbath day. So you know Jewish people don't get out, they don't move out, move about on Saturday. Oh, so they they couldn't right. come out. Huh? 
That's, no, I was saying that's right. Saturday they don't. So they they didn't they they couldn't come out to check the tomb until early quote unquote Sunday passed, which Sunday would have started six o'clock on our Saturday if that makes sense to you. Yeah, it does. Now you got to understand Christ said early on in his ministry the Pharisees and the Sadducees they got mad because remember he was healing people and on on Sabbath and they was like you can't do anything on the Sabbath and he was like I'm the Lord of the Sabbath so wouldn't it make Biblically sound doctrine sense for him to resurrect on the Sabbath because he is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, what what is interesting is when you look at the entire process of the eight day Passover on that Sunday, the first day of the week, that is typically called the uh, Feast of First Fruits, where the priest would go into the temple and wave the first fruits before God. So the whole time while Christ is going through his process, he's fulfilling the whole holiday because when he got crucified on that Wednesday, that was the same day the priests were actually in the temple killing a lamb. So he's fulfilling what they're actually doing. That's what he did his whole ministry. And then the next day is the unleavened bread, which he is a representative according to John 1 and 1. He's the bread. He's, He's the word. And every point he is fulfilling the scripture. So when Mary and comes to the tomb on that Sunday morning, you know, he already resurrected on Saturday. They just didn't okay. see it. So when they show up, you know, she wants to touch him. And he was like, you can't touch me because just like the priests are in the temple waving the first fruits offering before God, he's like, I have to ascend to what? He said, I have to ascend to my father. Why? Because he's the first fruit of the dead. He must show himself and be presented before God, so therefore nobody could touch him. If they would have touched him, they would have messed up the whole process. They would have defiled him because he was fulfilling the Jewish holiday of Passover. He's not fulfilling Easter. He's not fulfilling, quote-unquote, Resurrection Sunday. You've got to look at the context of where we get the celebration from. So if you're going to believe Jesus died and rose from the dead and he, he stayed in the, the the heart of the earth or the belly of the earth three days and three nights. The only way that could have happened based on God's time going from night to day would have to be from Wednesday to Saturday. Okay. You, you're, oh, let me just slow this down a minute. <laughs> the first thing you really talked about was, was deconstructing um, how we calculate our day, which took me for a loop. And I'm and I'm going to have to go back and listen to this show through the archives myself. I'm probably going to end up burning a CD cuz this is way above my head. So the first thing you did was deconstruct how the day is really supposed to be established, which is 6 p.m. in the evening until 6 p.m. the next day. Yes. Okay. Now, in modern times, you know, we're more precise. You could go to like Chabad.org, C H A D B A D Chabad.org. I think I spelled that right. Anyway, they they could break it down as far as the sunlight times for you, based on your area code. They can tell you precisely when sunset is for your area code. So it, it may not be obviously not 6 o'clock in your area. It's whatever time they break down based on daylight saving time for your area code. But what you, the point is the quote-unquote days start in the evening at sunset, whatever time they may be. 
and goals from the next evening versus how we start our days at 12 o'clock midnight based on the um, the time, the Roman time, the Gregorian calendar. But it's not the way God takes time. God doesn't adjust for us. He doesn't be like, oh, okay, well, this is how they do it. No, he, he says it's clear in the Bible how you keep time and what holidays to observe. Now, if you don't want to do that, that you know, that's on you. So meanwhile, you have the church trying to find a way not to offend the world so we're going to put Christ's resurrection on Sunday and wrap it around Easter eggs and, and new clothes because Christ rose from the grave with new clothes and we don't offend everybody and we can preach Christ. Well, you don't do that. You can't do that. I mean, you don't mix the holy and the profane. You don't mix the seeds. I mean, clearly when it's a accurate way of determining these things, you should do what's accurate instead of what's convenient or, you know, a compromise. So... Now that we you broke down the whole the, the time piece of um, then what was the second piece that you broke down just understanding as it relates to that whole three day the three yeah days? because that um, that was that's the critical sign I mean twice there's two examples where two things Christ said they said you know they we talked about this the last time I was on the air they was like you know. How are you going to destroy the temple? He said, if you destroy this temple, meaning his body, he will raise it up in three days. And they was like, how are you going to do that? Because they were referring to an actual temple. Then he gave the example, I will be in the the heart of the earth like Jonah was in the well for three days and three nights. Uh-huh. So those are the two critical signs that you got to, to, to bookmark when you analyze the story. And then when you analyze the story, if you do it correctly, you can't help but put it in context of Passover because this is when these events took place. And if you're going to break it down, try to determine the days and the times, it can't be Friday. You can't be crucified on Friday because Friday, according to their calendar, would started on our Thursday evening and went to 6 o'clock that following day. Mm-hmm. That's one night. And then you got the Saturday evening. That's two nights. So it doesn't work. It, it it won't. It doesn't doesn't line up. There's no way you could possibly get get that. It doesn't fulfill um, the mandate set forth. The only way you could fulfill it is to back it up to Wednesday. And then when you look at the context of events, it makes sense because you had Passover, you had Christ having a you know a Passover. And then another thing that was noted is that when you study the last meal, you know Christ didn't eat with his disciples. You know, he broke bread and passed it around, but he didn't eat anything. When you look at the history of Passover, it always said that, you know, the night before, the firstborn had to fast. Well, we know he was the firstborn, so he didn't eat with them. So he, he, he fulfilled every prerequisite. That was what he had to do. It just wasn't about him going to the cross, carrying the cross, being stabbed in the side and all that. He had to fulfill every prerequisite as far as the holidays go or the holy days or the feasts go. In order to be the Son of God, the Lamb of God, he had to fulfill all of that. But unfortunately in church, we don't know what a Passover is. We don't even consider that. We're too busy trying to get our Easter suit and have kids hunt eggs and not understand what is the greater uh, revelation that we continue to miss year in and year out. Oh, God. 
this is so over my head. I, I, well, now I'm, I'm going to take you I'm to a story. I'm, I'm going to get I, it, but I'm just saying. I want to show it to you um, from a scripture standpoint so you can see what I'm what I'm saying. I mean, I I I wanna I I wanna I wanna get it. I I wanna make sure I get it. I wanna know that I got it. I wanna really. Uh, it, it's just that what you're saying is really um, making us rethink, for lack of better words, what we've been taught and what we've been what we've been indoctrined with for most of our lives. I mean, it's safe to say most of my listeners are black. Most of us have had church experience in some capacity and it's just um it's just this is this is a lot to digest and even in my own study, you're not this information that you're giving us is not going to be readily available. Is it safe to assume that you arrived at this for the most part from cross-referencing this and double-checking that, because just doing a straight read, I don't think you're going to get this, because I know I've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John tons and tons of times and never came up with any of this. Is it because you've cross-referenced so much? Well, I'm actually at a point where I'm about to pull up um, what started me <laughs> looking Real quick, drop his seat, Pastor Montan put in the chat room, I'm not black, I'm brown. <laughs> From the boogie down, he put, <laughs> you're funny, Pastor, that was that was my, my, that was our joke of the day, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, D, that was our little commercial break, but we get back, back to the show. <laughs> well, I mean. D, are you there? Oh, okay. Yeah. What I was going to say, I'm going to actually show you exactly what made me begin to look at it differently. I think, um, obviously, you know, I had to cross-reference at least probably 20 different points of references, um, not just the Bible, but um, Hebrew sources, uh, theologians, different commentaries, different things, and look at, it, look at things from you know, various viewpoints. To understand it, but I think the critical, the hardest part of the of the study is understanding the concept of time, because you know we've been programmed to think our days start at twelve and we go from day to night. So it's very hard to grasp um, the concept of Christ resurrecting at a certain time when you know. We we don't think us we're looking we're thinking from a Gregorian Western culture calendar when that's not the calendar that these events happened on if you understand so the yeah. first thing you got to really grasp the time frame and when you get that it make it makes things a whole lot um, clearer. Let me just say what's, what was just put in the chat room. God never meant for us to esteem one day above another in the dispensation of grace. I don't know what that means, Pastor. Holidays are mainly, oh, holidays are mainly what we do. Okay, well, that brings a little clarity, especially for me. Um. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know exactly what the context of, where he's coming from, it's not necessarily, I mean, when you look at the New Testament, when 
when Paul and Peter and the disciples were bringing in new converts, they clearly made it an option if you wanted to, you know, observe the Sabbath or Passover or any of the feasts. You know, but God's never changed his idea about that. I mean, the bottom line is you observe these things based on relationship. Everything is based on relationship. If you get to a point in your relationship with God that you want to know more about God, that you want to understand more about God, and then you're going to be curious and want to, you know, participate in some of these these observances only because you got you know God put them there for a reason for a point. It's not like it's not mandatory in in the dispensational grace by no means, but at the same time, there's a lot to be learned from it. So therefore, if you're trying to get into a deeper relationship with God, then you're gonna partake in it. Well, I get it. I'm getting it more and more now. And that website that you gave, I put it in the chat room. It was um, Shabbat.org, www.chabad.org. Um, I actually took a peek at it while you were talking. I have since closed the window. But they had a whole thing on, like you were saying, how to find out the time and the sunset and other life lessons, as you know, other lessons, I guess, for their own religion. But my question to you, Dee, is how closely tied is Christianity or our understanding of Christianity to Judaism, or is it not linked at all? Well, it, it, it's pretty much the foundation of Christianity, really. I know a lot has been done to distance itself in modern teaching, but it's impossible to really get a true understanding of God and Christ divorce of Judaism because the first five books of the Bible is the Torah. You know, Christ was a Hebrew. He he grew up in that culture. He observed everything about it. You know, it's it, it is a foundational. It's part of the understanding. What you gotta understand, we as Gentiles were grafted in to the body of Christ. We were adopted as sons into a Jewish family. So if you get adopted into a family, you need to learn the traditions and customs and the history of that family if you're going to actually be a member of that family. So that's why, you know, Christ gave the example, don't shun or despise the Jews because if he could grasp you all in being wild olive trees or wild branches, and he would cut off the original branches, how easily would it be for him to bring the originals back in? So it's not something we should disregard or have no value to. It, it's a critical foundation because you got to understand what you're being indoctrinated into. It's just the only difference between Judaism and Christianity is that they don't recognize Christ as the Messiah. They're still looking for a Messiah. But everything else that they do is... It's pretty doctrinally sound. It's, you know, it is what it is. It's a, a lot of the Old Testament texts and customs. It's just that they haven't translated into the New Testament. Let me, we, we're down to eight minutes left in the show, but listen to this. It was just put in the chat room. True put, wow, I realized there's so much I didn't know. He said, how come, uh, how did it become popular for people to worship on Sundays? As a former practicing Catholic, they're all taught to worship on Sunday. And Pastor Montan said that Saturday, I mean, True also put clearly Saturday is considered the Sabbath. 
So Pastor Monta put Sunday is worship. Can you can you uh, help us out with that? Okay. If you want to get an understanding of the sequence of events, you go to Matthew 27 and 28, and um, that will really highlight the sequence of events. Um, try to look at look at it in the New King King James version because it'll actually say Passover. It won't say Easter or all these other silly names. It'll be more accurate as far as, you know, the names and events. As far as the whole Sunday worship thing, that started um, from the Council of Nicaea, 325 A.D., Council of Bishops, uh, Constantine. It, it, it goes to the very beginning of trying to accommodate non-believers because that was a sign. The Jewish people were the only people in the world that worshipped on Saturday because that is in the Ten Commandments. Honor the Sabbath, keep it holy. God worked mm-hmm. six days, and he rested on the seventh. So the only people that were worshiping on Saturday were Jewish people. It was a sign. Whereas mm-hmm. everybody else, all the pagans, all the idolaters, everybody, every other god, the sun god where you get Sunday from, you know, it was all about Sunday. So in order to accommodate people to make Christianity more palatable, they moved it to Sunday. But, you know, you know God never said, change the Sabbath. So you, it's not anything wrong with, quote-unquote, getting together and worshiping on Sunday because the early disciples and apostles and congregations, they worship every other day, Sunday, Saturday, whenever. But you can't change the Sabbath. You can't say, well, the Sabbath is Sunday now. I mean, no, it's always yeah, going to be Saturday. Yeah, you can't. You, you, you absolutely you can't. Um, it was just put in the chat room by... The Revivalist, you should have done a show on Christmas. I told her we did. <laughs> Go into the archives. Did you guys know this is my number? Hold on one second, and I'll tell you. This is my, uh, I think this is like my 180th show already. Can you believe I've done that many shows? Because uh, I have it scheduled as our 200th show is going to be on May 1st. Go figure that. Um, but anyway, Dee, we're down to four minutes. Can you give us some final thoughts on Easter and this whole bunny thing? Mm. Well, first I want to say definitely the, what started me to look at everything differently is you look at Matthew 28.1. It basically says, now after the Sabbath, which was Saturday, as the first day of the week, began the dawn and Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And then it goes into the discourse of, you know, the earthquake and Christ not being there. That right there really um, began me to look and research time frame because when they came on Sunday, obviously he had already resurrected already mm-hmm. before then because it, it was clear, you know, when they came and what time and all that type of stuff. But as far as the Easter celebration, you know, I told my kids like this. I mean, we don't celebrate Easter in the context of eggs and bunnies and all that because that's not what that has nothing to do with Christ. If you're going to celebrate the resurrection of Christ, um, you can celebrate the resurrection of Christ any day because that's important. But I'm not going to get caught up in doing it necessarily at the same time frame, um, the quote-unquote holiday retail season tells you to do it because if you really wanted to recognize the time frame of what had happened, you would celebrate the resurrection of Christ during the week of Passover because that's when it happened. So mm. if you're gonna if you're gonna observe Christ's death, burial and resurrection, you should do it during Passover because that's with unequivocally, without a doubt, 
you can prove this is when these times, these events took place during the Passover week, and you know every year when Passover is going to happen. It's detailed, you know, so you can either do Easter, and normally Easter falls around the same time or a week later or a week before. But, you know, if you want to recognize Christ and acknowledge Christ, then you'll do it in the right time frame. But it doesn't have anything to do with eggs and clothes and all that nonsense. That has nothing to do with it. Well, I, I hope this um, has, has given everybody some food for thought. Um, good, big shout-out to everybody in the chat room. Spike Spielberg, Dropping Seed, Mushmouth. We have a guest listening, Revivalist, True View. Then we've got uh, people who called in to listen to the show. I've got a caller from 704, definitely Celeste, and other numbers have been in and out. Um, <laughs> no, no need for, for self-promotion. Please download this show if you can save it to your computer, or even burn it to a CD. I'm actually going to burn it to a CD. It's my own show. So I can go back because a lot of this, I'm, this is my first time hearing it. I, for what it's worth, this is my first time hearing it. And I think DeWan has a heightened sensitivity that the things that he explains are to people that this is a very new concept to and has a way of explaining it in such a way that doesn't make us feel stupid for not getting it. Um, so I'm I'm going to personally download the show and, and listen to it again so I can really start to get this stuff because I just didn't celebrate Easter because I didn't think it made sense to me. But, you know, that's me. Um, we're down to 90 seconds. Um, hello to Joe and Maggie Cruz who are just joining us on the show. Um, but actually we're down to the last 90 seconds of the show. Um, feel free to join and listen to the show tomorrow. We have our old school music and club classics and, and flashbacks. I've got a great guest for tomorrow's show. You know I had Case on last Friday. I had Kango Kid from UTFO. So, you know, I'm getting great guests on Fridays. But always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you all for listening. Everybody who's in the chat room, just know that Celeste is moving to Atlanta. I keep saying it. but So we want to throw all of our love and hugs and support the same way LaVon moved to Pittsburgh uh, a few months ago. If you have any contacts in the Atlanta area, please send them her way so we can help her make her move as seamless as possible. I love you all, and I'll see you tomorrow at 12 noon. It's your girl, Cy Brown, with my buddy, Dewan Colion for Life Remix Radio. Talk to you guys later. Peace.